The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers, bringing you the voices that make you think right Right now now. on Talk 94.5. It is 7.38 on The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Welcome to your Thursday morning, February 15th. Well, we have our South Carolina Republican primary coming up on February 24th. We know that uh, Donald Trump is on the ballot. We know that uh, also Nikki Haley's on the ballot. And Mm -hmm. there are some other names still on there, though they suspended their campaigns. Uh, But one of them is is still very much uh, running in that primary. And it's Ryan Binkley. And he's joining us right now live on the air. Good morning, Ryan. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad to be here in South Carolina. Uh, we got in here yesterday, and we're going to be here all week next week. And I think we're going to come see you guys in your area as well next week. So oh, look forward to okay. With you. Oh, yeah. All right. Very cool. So you entered the race in April of 2023. You are the president, CEO, and co-founder of the of Generational Equity Group. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes uh, you qualified to be president. All right. Well, you know, I co-founded this business about 20 years ago with my dad. Uh, he had a small consulting business, and then I joined him really after a tragedy in my family. I'd been in business for many years, and then I felt a call to ministry back in the 90s with my wife, and we got married in 1999. And then um, and my brother was killed by a, a drunk driver 23 oh, years ago, and true. so tragedy hit. So we decided to go join him in business, and then we had an idea to do mergers and acquisition services. So I went back and got my MBA. We started this company started to really blossom. We created a, a basically a marketing model for investment bankers, and it took off. So now we have about 350, 400 employees across 16 offices nationwide. So I'm an economist. I see things uh, economically. Um, I've really been watching this happen for 30 years. Our country just fall off the fiscal cliff, and so we can talk about that. I'm also a pastor. So my wife and I stayed doing ministry for 30 years now in some form or fashion, but we started a church 10 years ago. So I've been doing these side by side. And so in Dallas, Texas, or in Richardson, which is right in Dallas, uh, we've got a church and a business. And um, and then I felt called, really, to run for office. Now, this came about eight years ago, and I'm really just carrying this message in my heart that America's in desperate need, really, of an economic revival. Uh, the, the middle class is being left behind. The dollar is being damaged. We see it so far. We have two Americas today. And I'm running for that, and I'm really for a cultural revival as well. You know, we've never been more divided than we are right now, and I really feel called that God wants to heal our nation, for us to transcend the division we're in and go to a higher level. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, one of the major issues uh, out there, and you mentioned the economy, but um, a, a big part of that is what's happening at the border and how that's going to impact our economy. Do you have a solution for uh, what's going on at the border? Absolutely. You know, we've got four key areas that we're really focusing on. And these four things, I think, can unite our country. You know, President Biden wanted to unite our country, but he never gave us anything to unite on. So ours are really this, a balanced budget, how to save the middle class, education, the border, as well as health care, reducing costs. So the border plan we have, first of all, you got to stop the flow of immigrants coming in and drugs coming in and human trafficking. So we have a short-term solution and a long-term Every Republican, Nikki Haley, President Trump as well, they have the same short-term solution, military, National Guard, whatever it is. But we have a long-term solution. It's going to require Congress. It's going to require funds. We've seen, you know, President Biden, I would say this, throw a half-baked offer over to to Congress. They rejected it. But what they didn't do is come back and say, hey, let's figure this out, because it's a talking point today for the during this election cycle. So Long-term, we need funds. We need about $30 billion. I'm talking funding from coast to coast, California to Texas, 
You can't do a wall over the entire area, but you can do towers, technology, people, resources. We need to secure our country. So long-term, it's going to take funds to do that, which is Congress. Now, to get that, it's going to take us working together. You know, there's no way for Republicans to balance the budget on their own or change health care on their own or education or the border without Democratic help. Uh, we're outnumbered today. So at the end of the day, we better start leading. And that's the gridlock pattern we're in today. We don't have leaders that have transcended the moment. I think it's been since Ronald Reagan that we've had a leader transcend their party. So we've got to do that to get things done. And our border plan does that. It gives worker registration for these for people that have been here the longest, but it secures it forever. So we don't have to go through this cycle, endless cycle of allowing immigrants coming in that shouldn't be here. And, and then also drugs. You know, right now with every month we delay, every month we delay, eight to 9,000 people are dying of fentanyl. These are U.S. citizens. And, I'm, and that's the reason I'm saying let's get to the table and negotiate now because I can sit there and stand to see that uh, young people are dying every month and we're doing nothing about it. So, you know, you're talking about stopping the flow, you know, with towers, technology, fencing, walls, whatever. But um, you, you, did I hear you right that you wanted to get worker authorization for, uh, for the people that are here the longest? What does that mean? Yes, we've got 20 million people plus here. That is, many have been here for 30 years. So, you know, no other Republicans really acknowledging, wow, we've got a lot of people here. Uh, President Trump's talked about a mass deportation, and you can do that. And our plan would call for that at some level, especially with people during, you know, Biden's open border here. But there's no way to deport 20 million people here. Many of them own businesses. I mean, we've got people that own, goodness, a t- thousands of businesses across the United States uh, own homes. It's probably represented two to three percent of GDP. There's no way you can get rid of 20 million people. Now, you can during Biden's open border. Maybe I think our plan probably calls for four or five million. Anybody that's come in the last five years needs to go. But we need to recognize who's never committed a crime, who needs to be here. What I mean by that is if they have a work sponsor, we need work done. I'm from Texas. Goodness, who knows? 30, 40 percent of construction is done by likely illegal immigrants today. I've been in Iowa all over farming, manufacturing all over the United States. Is is many of them here here illegally. They have fake social security cards. Our plan requires them to come out of the shadows, let us know who they are. We need to know who's in our country. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't it? <laughs> right now well, we have no I, idea who's in our I, country. I do agree with you, but I would rather see a crackdown on businesses that are hiring illegal yeah, immigrants. Yeah. So that it it would stop the incentive for people to come here and would stop the uh, incentive that people are gaining by hiring the illegal immigrants for like slave wages. I mean, they get paid five, six, seven, eight dollars an hour. Um, They're not making much money. So it doesn't even it doesn't benefit anybody for, um, you know, for to give work authorizations to people that are here illegally. Well, you know, I, so our plan does all that as well. I wholeheartedly agree. Here's the, here's the problem. Businesses today, what they do is they hire contractors, and these contractors have one legal employee. They're not counting them as employees. So they, what they do is they hire a contractor that has one legal employee, and then that contractor has, who knows, 20 or 30 or 50 illegals there. Right. And the business owner doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. The business owner, so there's oh, they know really it. no mechanism they know it. to do it. Well, you know, but you know what? They're, 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 they're hiring they're, the contractor because right. it's cheap. But, but we don't have the resources or people to know who they are. So what we're doing is we're just talking around circles. We really don't have a solution in place. Ours does that. 
So, you know, in theory, you're exactly right. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but we don't have a plan to do it, nor the resources behind it. It's going to take money to do that. You're going to have to require people, Border Patrol. You're going to have to have people investigate these companies. And so ours really does. It, it takes it deep, just the way you said it, just the way you said it. What is the seven-year plan you have to balance the budget? Okay, now this is huge. We, this is one of the biggest reasons I'm in this race, because right now the, the American public is really being, I think, misled in so many ways. The stock market's high. Unemployment's kind of low. It looks like Bidenomics is working. You know, so at the end of the day, though, until you start talking to people and go, how are you doing? I've done over 200 meet and greets and small town meetings all throughout the Midwest. And I'm telling you, people are struggling. And you know this as well. If your listeners are here, you know, many people are truly struggling. So the middle class is being left behind. Wages have not kept up with inflation. So this has been going on for 30 years. But we've added $15 trillion in debt in the last eight years. Now, that's printing money is what that is. And so when we go printing money, roll up the printing presses for to pay this debt and to take this debt on, that's what creates the money supply. So the Fed tries to stop inflation by raising rates, and this is the problem we're in right now. We're in a perfect storm. They can no longer reduce rates because if they do, inflation is going to take off anymore. Jerome Prowl said last month, he said, we're going to lower rates three times this year. I've been following this for 30 years. The Fed has never made announcements that they're going to lower rates three times in the next 12 months. Never. And he did this for political reasons. Now, this week, he said, oh, we can't do that. And here's why. Because when you raise rates, what's going to happen is inflation is going to take off even more. And this is, going to, this, is our, this is our options. Spiraling inflation, slow growth, or go towards a balanced budget. So we have a plan to balance the budget in seven years. And here's how we're going to do it. We are going to totally reform healthcare. Healthcare is the biggest expense, along now with interest payments, of the federal government. It's taken over. It's the most expensive by double, really, of almost any nation in the world, and we, it's, the, it's the most inefficient. So when we dive into it, we have monopolies in health insurance, big pharma, pharmacy benefit managers, the healthcare providers themselves. It's really a government-run, backstop industry that is being subsidized in every way by private insurers. And we don't even know what things cost when we go to the doctor anymore. So mm -hmm. my plan allows for – puts you in charge as a patient, lets you have flexibility, lets you shop again, makes you shop again, and gives health savings accounts and health reimbursement accounts. Think of a complete Republican-led, price-transparent, competitive system. That's what we have to do. And when we do that, we can balance the budget in seven years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know how actually that fleshes out, so I'm going to take your word for it that you can see that. It well, it is basically <laughs> not, that is definitely not how, my for my forte. no. It's something that we dove into with a lot of mm -hmm. healthcare professionals okay. and economists, mm -hmm. and uh, you know it's not going to be easy. I don't want to pretend like, hey, this is going to be just blue sky. We can make this happen. Yeah, but it's going to take a lot of effort. It is basically, you know, we spend three times on pharmaceutical drugs as Canada. Mm -hmm. So well, that's there's a reason we're on. We're on too many drugs. That's a exactly. Okay. Well, that's part of it. No, no, I'm talking about the actual price of the same drug. No, I, so I know we, we're on yeah, drugs that yeah. don't even work. Uh, you know, that's so we give patent extensions. Right, we give patent extensions to these companies that no other nation does, mm -hmm. and we we do we do this for them, and they give our politicians money back. So it's just a, it's a long system. It's one of these things like America needs this, you know, do we need a true, like, I mean, call it like Ernst and Young coming in here and doing a complete restructure of our country. And that's what we need. We need a business person's approach to gut at the main systems of America, 
looking at our big expenses and going, hey, what's needed today? How, why are we doing this the way we're doing it? And right now we're letting basically bureaucracy and we're letting big pharma and big health care mm-hmm. run our country. And we've got to take hold of it. They're Absolutely. running our healthcare too, and they're and yes. they're running off good doctors and good nurses. And uh, we Absolutely. saw what happened in COVID; uh, that was an utter disaster. And they killed people. They literally Absolutely. killed people. Absolutely. Well, we've got some big thoughts on this. And the big thought that really we're doing right now is we're we're saying, listen, how does the Republican Party truly grow? You know, we only won forty six percent of the vote in the last couple of elections. So we're we're struggling. And it's it's the Republican message has always been, hey, let's all get out and vote and we'll win. Well, the reality is this, we're outnumbered today, and we lost 46 of our top 50 cities by population. So our big population centers are multicultural. We had young people in them, and they're not voting Republican. So I'm really diving into this topic and going, hey, how come they're not connecting with us? And the reason is this. We don't really have a message that connects to the poor. You know, we've got one out of six minorities in our big cities reading at the eighth grade level, these kids, and and we're struggling. We don't have a plan, I think, to put them to work. And so we've tried to funnel everybody through a four-year college program. So I'm diving in. I'm saying, listen, let's let's dive into urban America as Republicans. Just don't leave it. Let's teach kids through a volunteer movement how to read, write, and do math through a mentor program. Let's start vocational trades. So these are a few key areas I'm saying, hey, listen, we can connect to people. Uh, we pastor a multicultural church, and, and our people in our group say, listen, Ryan, Many of us aren't Democrats, but it's not because they believe in the far left agenda. It's because we don't really have a clear message on how Republicans really want to communicate, I think, an alternative to socialism for the poor. And that's what we're providing. We don't have any more money to give, but we do have a pathway to success. And it's hard work and it's education to lift people out of the cycle of poverty. So these are some things we're focusing on. We are speaking with Ryan Binkley. He's running as a Republican candidate for president. He'll be on the uh, ballot in uh, the Republican primary on February 24th. You can go to binkley2024.com for more information. Um, one of the, the biggest questions I have is, I understand why you're running, but really, why are you continuing to run? I mean, it doesn't seem like you have a chance if you look at what the polls say. So tell us why you continue to stay in the, in the race. Well, it's a great question. You know, I recognize that as well. You know, I, this has been really a calling for me from the very beginning. I would get out at any point that I felt like the Lord told me to. Um, I recognize that, that it's going to just take a miracle. We prayed about it after Nevada and felt like God just said, hey, come to South Carolina. So we're here and we're here all over the state next week, this week and next week. And so we're going all over. And I think I don't know exactly how God does this. If he's called me to do this and speak this to America I, it's going to be up to South Carolina to decide this. You know, do you like the direction we're headed? Do you, do you are you tired of the division we're in? Would you like for us to try and save the U.S. dollar? Do you like the spending patterns we're on? Because we're going to go two trillion dollars in debt this year. President Trump, I like a lot of things that he's done. I supported him in both elections, but he's not put together a plan to balance the budget. So he thinks growth. He doesn't think cut. So I think we we have to do both. And if you're tired of the division and you want to see us go to a different level, I'm, I'm a candidate that's speaking to this because I don't think we can have five more years of absolute gridlock. Mm-hmm. And I believe this. We have to come higher. And so I'm in this to share this message. I do believe there's a path. It's a miracle path. And it's the South Carolina miracle path. I mean, it's going to take South Carolinians to really say, okay, hey, do we want something different? And, I, and I'm just sharing this message. So I feel called to and that's the main, main reason well, I'm still it, in, and hopefully of, some people will respond. Out of all of your platform points, is there one that you would want to get to the, to the, you know, the Trump campaign, being that they're probably, you know, 
going to win the nomination at this point yeah. if everything goes as the the way the chips are falling here. Um, is there one message, one trinket that you want to make sure that they take a look at? Is it that seven-year plan or what? Well, you know, I've offered to, you know, and, and would still today, anybody from their group wants to, you know, speak about this. I and mean, listen, if we don't take care of the dollar, if we don't balance the budget, what we're doing is we're setting the next generation up for financial failure. There's no, we're going to be 50, 60. If you run the math, this is what we do in business. We look at 10-year projections of, of revenue for companies. If you run the revenue and the cost expenses for the United States of America, it doesn't work. We are, we're interest payments are going to take over in 10 or 15 years at the biggest expense. And so it does not work. Our country's bankrupt. So that's the path we're on. And this is much bigger than President Trump's problems. I stand with him right now. He is being illegally charged in so many ways. But at the same time, our country's going bankrupt. So we better fix this. And the bottom half of America on the income scale is falling, is getting left behind. So we better get a hold of this now. We can't wait five years. That's number one. Number two, we have to transcend this moment. President Trump has had this ability. Any leader better sit there and go, listen, let's unite our country. Let's quit this bare knuckle fist fights that we're in every single day. Let's come up higher. And it takes leadership to do that. And I would keep inspiring everyone. Let's go higher. All right. You can find out more about him if you just uh, you can just Google Ryan Binkley or go to Binkley2024.com. Thank you so much, Ryan, for uh, calling Thank in. Thank you. Appreciate well, it. I appreciate it. And we'll, look, check us out on our Instagram next week. We'll have different events all throughout South Carolina. And uh, you guys come join us. We'd love to have you there. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.